Welcome to No Content, a podcast produced by Big Slate Media in Knoxville, Tennessee. No Content is a podcast full of content made by content creators. For those of you uh, keeping track at home, that is already uh, three shots that you have to take for hearing the word. Oh, nope, that's actually four shots to take when you hear the word content. Uh, we're going to be talking about new trends, big ideas, expert opinions, and all the need to know on how to keep your content drink fresh and fly. <laughs> My name is Sam Parker, and I'm a producer here at Big Slate Media, and I'm joined today by Jonathan and Caitlin. How are you guys doing? Swell. I'm good. I'm good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Today, we're going to be talking all things gear related. We're going to be talking about maybe our favorite cameras or things we can't live without. And to start us off, we're actually going to do something different. I'm introducing a new segment. I don't have a name for it yet, but if you guys could help me out, uh, we're going to do kind of a Mount Rushmore style of lists. So for those of you at home who know what Mount Rushmore's are, um, most of the time people give like a top four of something. And so for this category, we're going to do uh, gear that we can't live without or that we like working with the most here in the production realm. However, instead of doing four, like you typically do on Mount Rushmore, we're going to do five. So we're going to have to come up with another name because unfortunately Mount Rushmore only has four presidents. So my thought is I looked up famous uh, quintets and thought of some bands so we can either call this segment the Spice Girls, which I really like. Ooh, I vote. Big ups for that. Is that already it? Well, no, we, I want to hear what We have the bit. Spice Girls. We have Fleetwood Mac, mm. um, One Direction, mm. <laughs> Pearl Jam, and NSYNC, and Backstreet Boys. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm still Spice Girls. I am too. I think Spice Girls is it. And NSYNC was a close second. Awesome. Yeah, that's true. Cool. We'll go with Spice Girls. <laughs> so then welcome to the Spice Girls of Gear. Jonathan, what would be your scary spice? Actually, let's just go by numbers because I don't know all of them. I know scary and baby and Harry and Larry. I don't know. So number one, actually, let's start with number five. Okay, number so like this number is the five. last thing. Yep. All right, what's number five on your list, Jonathan? Well, I kind of cheated because I have like three things, but it's just a principle, really, is what what it is. Um, so like a dolly, a slider, or a gimbal, something that makes the camera move. Okay, that isn't your feet. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Caitlin, what is your number five? My number five is some sort of diffuser or bounce. Mm, Same thing. Good. Awesome. Can you kind of go into the importance of why you need a diffuser or a bounce? I think the importance of having a diffuser or a bounce is to give your shot that extra little something that it needs. Kind of, you know, if your shot's a little too dark, if you have a light source, then bounce it. If your, your light's a little too direct, then you can diffuse it. I mean, yeah, soften not, you know, always necessary, but definitely awesome. That's also a great thing to have, even if you're outside and not using any lights that you brought, if you're using natural light, you can bounce it onto your subject. And, or if you're trying to cast a little bit of a shadow, then you can use a diffuser or something. It's a great one. Jonathan, number four on your list. What do you got? I have lights. Lights. Yeah. I think that's the lights are a lot of times the things that are left out that really make a shot, uh, look professional or, or really pop give it that dynamic look that, that you need. When so. you're setting up a shot, are there a certain amount of, do you, with an interview, do you want to do a, a kind of a three point light system? Yeah, two point, does it matter? Or what do you, man, what do you it, go for? Yeah, I feel like it totally depends on, on the look that, you know, we're going for, for that client or, um, you know, it's, it, it depends, but typically, yeah, three, three point. Cool. Caitlin, number four. Also here. lights. Also lights. Lights hey, are big. Bingo. Lights are big. All right. Number three, Jonathan. A variable lens and or two lenses, one that's wide and one that's close. So you can have a, uh, some options in terms of shots. You know, all your shots look the same. If they're all wide, you're going to get one perspective. So having that option. Nice. Switching up the, the look. Mm -hmm. I have a mic, any a mic. sort of mic, lava boom. 
yeah. Very cool. Essential. Mm-hmm. What's your number two? A memory card. <laughs> <laughs> memory card might be. I have a feeling it's I know a good what your number, number two. Yeah, I have a feeling I know what your number one's going to be. And <laughs> number one is pointless without a number two. Yo, that sounded yeah. kind of bathroom related. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Some bathroom humor. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin, what's your number two? All right. Mine is a gimbal, nice. particularly the Ronin S, because you could use it as gimbal or a tripod. So. Nice, nice, nice. And Jonathan, I'm assuming you're number one, and Caitlin, your number one is both camera? Yes. yes. <laughs> I kind of grouped my camera and lens together, though, and okay. I put yeah. a 2470 so yeah. that it's yeah, you know, variable. Yep. Awesome. That's a perfect springboard into my next question. Um, oh, also, that concludes our Spice Girls of gear. <laughs> Penat, cue the music. Yeah, that's right. Um, Can okay, we license a Spice Girl, Spice Girl song for that segment. <laughs> <laughs> that would okay. be amazing. Okay, so my first question is camera related. For anybody who is thinking about getting started in the uh, production industry or wants to do some sort of video work, um, what kind of gear? What kind of camera specific? What kind of camera would you recommend um, someone getting? Sony has brought the mirrorless world to like be reachable and and be the next best technology and. Yeah, their their autofocus, their stabilization. Um, I even like their color profiles. Some people give Sony crap for their colors, but oh, yeah. I, don't talk to a Canon user yeah, about exactly, that. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and and the menu systems too. Um, but overall, they're super affordable and very very reliable. Also versatile. I feel like I'm also a photographer, so yeah. it's kind of the best of both worlds. You're kind of getting the best bang for your buck with the Sony. Absolutely. I, I know plenty of photographers that shoot only on like an a7 III. Mm-hmm. And I know plenty of videographers that only shoot on an a7 III, yeah. which is like unheard of back in the day. Like right. You got a Canon, you're just taking photos with a 5D Mark III or, or, well, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but. Yeah, I know a couple of people who shoot video, but they've actually, a lot of people I know have switched to Sony and they've never looked back. Yeah. Nice. If I was to say a downside about switching to Sony is their lens selection for native glass is not great. Yeah. That's they got true. some work to be done mm-hmm. there. Is there a way, what do we do? Cause we shoot on Sony's. What is it that we do to kind of get around that lack of lens suction? Yeah. So, well, we shoot on, on Cine glass now, Rokin on now. Um, but for a while we shot on Sony glass and the way we got around that was with primes is we just used like 35, 50, 85 and made and a 14 and made that like that made that work. Um, we've got a couple variable Sony lenses, but um, the lowest aperture is f4, and um, I know we're kind of getting in the weeds a little bit, but like that's just not low enough to, for it to look dynamic and cinematic like we want it to do for our clients. Cool. Um, when you're thinking about buying a new camera, what is it specifically that you want out of a camera? Because you mentioned being versatile, you mentioned a couple other things. Is there something specifically if you were to go out and buy a new camera, whether new or used, what is something that you're going to ask yourself before buying a camera? Well, I guess it really depends on like the production. So if I were to go out personally and buy a new camera versus like Jonathan buying one for us to use on shoots and stuff, it would be completely different. Personally, I would go and get a a7 III because that's best suits me for photography and videography. Whereas like for big slate, I think we would want more of a like film camera. Yeah, definitely. I Like broadly speaking, I would say like battery life is really important. Reliability is really important. And fortunately the FS7, um, in terms of our like big camera, FS7, it has both of those things. And so does the a7 III that it yeah. has battery life on that thing is ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I think on a shoot, we'll go through more FS7 batteries than we will though. Totally. A7 III, we'll go through maybe two. Totally. Maybe. Nice. Is that, um, kind of to go off that, is there, what point does it reach when, 
How much better can cameras get? I know you can spend so much money on cameras, but when do you reach that point that there's a gap when you say we have an FS7 right now? Yeah. At what point are you thinking, oh, well, the FS7 can only do so much. Let's bump it up and get a new yeah. camera. What's that threshold of we need to kind of update our cameras and get a new one? For me, that is when uh, when the, the, the placement of the content um, changes Drink. for us. So... <laughs> The placement of the content. So like if we're like placing videos mm -hmm. on not content, mm -hmm. dang it. Um, <laughs> if we're placing videos like in a movie theater or right. like we're going to render 4k stuff, like then we got to up it to, you know, for us, I think the next step up would probably be the new FX nine, the Sony FX nine. But for most, I, mean, I was for, thinking IMAX camera, but, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for like most people, um, you know, they're, they're downsampling it to 1080 and they're, putting it on Facebook and Instagram where it's getting compressed to heck anyway. So it, it, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily matter, but that being said, there's a big difference in look and quality of an image from an eight bit camera and a 10 bit camera. And that's just that without getting too de detailed into that, that's just like the amount of colors that are in the image um, that can be displayed. So is that something that a regular person watching TV or watching something online would see, or is that something that you just have a trained eye to see? I think, I think the normal person can see it. I don't, I don't think they would go, oh, that's a nicer camera, but they would see it and be like, ooh, that looks good versus looks good. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So we've done our camera talk. That was everyone's number one. Let's talk about audio. Um, specifically with, I mean, there's different types of, you can do a lav mic, you can do a boom, you can do on camera. If you were going on an interview, what kind of audio would you typically take with you? Hmm. I'm going to just put this out here. Audio is not my realm. <laughs> just, and it's something I can always improve on. But it, I mean, if we're just going for a simple interview, I think it's good to have backup. So Definitely. what we've been doing lately is a lav and a boom. And I think that's always, always a good thing to have. Yeah, I would echo that. You definitely want to have two audio sources. If you're, especially if you're doing an interview where it's important, um, if you're using wireless packs, there could be a, a frequency come through and bump it. So you, it's good to be able to switch to the boom. Um, and it's important that that boom is placed correctly too. Cool. I know that. So with us, we do a lot of, we cover a lot of events and a lot of the times if we're kind of running around with a host of an event or trying to get them talking with people at the event, we don't have time to lob up everybody. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just use kind of an on-camera mic on the a7 III. Um, do you have any recommendations for something like that? Or do you think that those work or is there something that you would steer away from? So if you ever expect to get good quality audio from a body mic, quit. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just won't happen. You can get stuff that's uh, on camera mic is good for like syncing if you're trying to sync with other cameras because you just you have the waves. Actually, as um, an editor, yes. Yeah. Always, always have, have that. On. Yeah. yeah. But a, a, a directional uh, microphone is going to be super important. If you're running around, like the example you gave, running around trying to get interviews at an event, a directional microphone, as long as you're pointed straight at that person that's talking, is going to do pretty decent, even at a, at somewhat of a distance, six, seven feet, and will block out some of that noise. Cool. I didn't tell you about this question, so you might not be as prepared, but I think we can kind of come up with it as we go. What do you think, what piece of gear do you think is the unsung hero of the production world? Hmm. I think there are a lot. Yeah, it's like it's like a body. They all work together. So I, don't, mm. I mean, there are a lot of things. Like even like a C stand is something that you 
I mean, when you're starting out, you don't really think of, but we use them all the time on set. Like yeah. they help us hold up everything. Yeah. A C stands is another name for like a light stand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I would say, I would say like my number five, the, the dolly slider gimbal, like that, I feel like those are unsung yeah. heroes because adding camera movement to a shot automatically makes it look really good. Mm -hmm. And without it, it just kind of looks like a picture, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's we use gimbal for, much, it makes all B-roll look much more dynamic. It makes it, especially if you want to do kind of faster paced videos, it just keeps everything moving and it's, you can do a lot more with it. So kind of coming off of your mentioned C stands and, um, another one that gaff tape, I feel like is what everyone in the production oh, world, sure. you know, I mean, you never think about tape being that important. And I feel like a lot of times we put gaff tape on a pedestal, but I think it actually deserves to be on that pedestal. <laughs> so stuff like gaff tape and stand light stands and things like that, that you could easily just buy online and buy something cheap. What, what do you, what are there specific um, places where you guys go to buy things like that. Cause I know that you could buy a stand for 20 bucks on Amazon, but you might, it might be able to hold up like a one pound light and then it's done. So what's the difference and why, why do you need good equipment to really elevate what you do? So I think there is a definite difference in quality between cheap production gear and expensive production gear. Not necessarily always, like it doesn't always mean it's worth it, but, um, when it comes to stands, when it comes to things that are going to hold expensive things, um, don't skimp out. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And tripods, I feel like is another good good one to put in that. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna put a two thousand dollar or eight thousand dollar camera on something, you want it to be stable. <laughs> yeah, it's like buying a bed. You could buy a cheap bed, but you're gonna be feeling it. But so you don't want to skimp out on that. Yeah. And, and also I think there's something to be said for the, the longevity of that gear. You may spend, you know, triple or quadruple the price on a, a light stand that you would from like an Amazon basics one, but that, that stand is going to last for yeah a long time. Yeah. I, I did want to touch on that. Like the price of gear, it's can seem outrageous at times, but you know, this career or if, you know, even if it's just a hobby, it's an investment. So I mean, there are kind of levels like as you it's it's a process buying gear, but it's definitely an investment and you're going to make your money back depending on what you're doing. Yeah. I always get to a place where I feel like, yeah, we've got all the gear we need. We don't, there's no, there's no way we can get anything else. Like we're good for like a year at least until something new comes out. Not the case. No, definitely Hardly not. ever. Um, there are some things that will last and, and be around, but there's always new innovation. There's always something, there's always a better way or a cooler way to do something. And that's honestly, that's part of what I love about this industry is like, you can, you feel like you've got a handle on it mm -hmm. in terms of gear, in terms of, you know, shot types and stuff like that. And then you come across somebody that does something a different way and you're like, dude, I want to try that. Definitely. I think, yeah, I think what you just said there, you come across somebody who does it. That really is important because mm. you can have all the gear in the world, but if you don't know how to use it properly, then there's no point in having it. Absolutely. And also you have to watch, cause I feel like a lot of the time with gearheads get together and just turns into a pissing contest of who has the most expensive lens or camera. Oh yeah. oh yeah. But if you, I mean, anybody who, as long as you know exactly how to use something, you can make something that's thousands of dollars cheaper than something else look much, much better than somebody who has no idea how to use that camera. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. In college, I was shooting off of a Nikon like D3500, which is a god awful camera. Mm -hmm. But I made all of my First of all, it's video. Nikon, so. Yeah. And <laughs> never, never again. But, um, 
that's what I made all of my videos on. And at the time I just did what I could with what I had. Yeah, absolutely. That's the, I think that's the golden rule of like this industry is gotta make it work. Yeah. So if you were to make it work with just say two or three lenses that you could only use, what lenses would you pick? Not only, not only like the, focal length, not only, yeah, yeah. Okay. Not only brand, but also focal length. And are there, let's, let's go focal length first. Is there a specific focal length, uh, made two or three lenses that you can always trust on getting a good shot. And you mentioned a variable earlier, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I was going to say prime or variable, whatever, either one. Okay. I wouldn't, I, I always take my 24 70 with me and then personal preference, uh, 85 prime. Mm. I like that. I like 85 and we recently got a 135 and I love that lens. Yeah. It's beautiful. So those are probably too close together. Like yeah, I an know. 85 <laughs> and a 135 is probably not the best choice, but I just personally, those lenses are my favorite. Yeah. Um, but like for a blanket approach to a project, I think a, a 50 and a 35, um, or maybe a 35 and an 85 are, are great options. You got that close and wide. Awesome. Um, Kaylin, you might not be able to, um, kind of talk about this because we're reaching to a new segment called the drone zone. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> you're our, uh, you're our drone expert. Uh, what drone do you think, or what drone did you start out using? The first drone I bought was the DJI Phantom three pro. And what's the difference between that and what the inspire that you use now? 10 bit. Um, first of all, interchangeable lenses, uh, range, speed, uh, everything, everything, <laughs> dual controls. Yeah. It's yeah. Everything. Is there anything, um, I know with the inspire, you were talking about earlier this week, the difference in the, um, the battery life of the inspire and things like that. If you were, yeah. if you had to pick just like the best overall, is it still the inspire or no, I think the inspire has its place in like professional, professional projects. Like you got time to set it up, you know, the shot you're going to get, and you've got to have really high quality. If, if I was to pick like my running gun drone, it would definitely be the Mavic without a doubt that that thing folds up so small. The battery life is like 25 minutes of flight versus like 15 on the Inspire. The connectivity is really good. You can still shoot 4k, you know, it's not 10 bit, but it's, it's still a good looking image. So what's the, I guess that's, I'm assuming it's probably gonna be similar as camera, but what is it that makes you want to buy a new drone? Like when you reach, what is it that you see a new drone and you might say like, oh, we already have this one. We don't need that one. What's something that makes you say we, we need to get this one? Yeah. So, well, right now we've got the Mavic and the Inspire and it's because they both play different roles. So if we need to be down a dirty run and gun, we got to get this shot and, and get it quick. Like the Mavic is our go-to. If, if we need something that we can set up and we know it's going to take a little time and look really good, then, then we're going to pull out the Inspire. So um, in terms of, of upgrading, it just depends on, you know, what the needs are of the, of, of the project, I guess. Awesome. That was the drone zone. Pew, pew, pew. Okay. So just closing final thoughts about any advice you'd have to give somebody who's thinking about buying a new piece of gear or who maybe is on the fence about buying a new camera or a new lens or something like that. Um, it's a process. So, I mean, just take small steps. Mm-hmm. I would, I would echo what you said earlier in that it's not always about the gear. It's how you use it. Right. So, um, focus on that. If you've got a crappy camera now, like you can still make good stuff. Um, it may not look as good as a FS seven or a red or something like that, but, but it's in the quality of the content. And if you listen to our Instagram, um, 
I saw that smile when I said content. Um, if you listen to our Instagram podcast, we talked there about how kind of the change in dynamic from like video has got to be perfect in order for it to be effective. And now that's just not necessarily the case. You still strive for perfection, right? But um, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be beautiful for it to be effective for your business. So um, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of stole one, mm-hmm. did like a couple of thoughts there, but <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, guys. I hope this was helpful to anybody who is in the uh, the production world or thinking about getting in the production realm. For Jonathan and Caitlin, I'm Sam. Thank you. Thanks. 